Hello everybody, my name is John Coleman and welcome to episode 5 of the Little All Ireland Peace Nail All Together Part 1. Well, what a tremendous weekend of action we had. It's a happy Monday for a lot of clubs around Cork today and there's no doubt about it, we had a lot of trills, we had a lot of spills and there's probably a few belly aches going around the county this morning too. Uh, we had moments of pure drama, there was tragedy, jubilation, relief and every other emotion you can think of in between. There was groups turned completely on their head, unbeaten. There are, there are teams who were unbeaten that are out of the championship. Teams that won one game or three are through to the knockout stages. There were teams who went from bottom of their league to second place. And overall, it was just a great um, advertisement for the championships in Cork, I thought. It was just so enjoyable. And there's a lot to be said about the game being played at the same time, too. You know, it really added a sense of drama to the occasion, I thought. You know, everybody's checking their phones, who's winning here, who's winning there, what's happening everywhere. So, um, yeah, it was really, really good fun. Um, we started the Premier Senior Championship, as we always do, and, like, this must be the most open championship I can recall. If you just look at a few, a few just aspects of that before we get stuck into the games, there's no team of the 12 teams with a 100% record. Um, only one team out of the 12 teams finished with no point. The champions are gone. One of the favourites, probably the favourites for the championship in the bookies before the championship are gone as well. And what I think you saw an awful lot across the weekend at all grades was if you have a team who are fighting for their lives, like what the performance all those teams dug out of themselves across the weekend was a test of the clubs involved. Not all of them maybe got the results they were looking for in the end, but they all got the performance they needed to give themselves a chance of avoiding relegation playoffs or getting into a semi-final. So I thought that was a real feature of the weekend. And it, the form was, went out the window really in most places during the weekend. If we look at the very top of the championship then, you know, the Bears in Arizona, there was only one single point between them in their scoring difference, which was incredible. Um, we had dry, hard pitches where the bounce of the ball, which is always important, but it was that bit higher across the weekend. I had a game in Cove yesterday where Puck O'Clanton and 13 yard line popped over the bar. So there was so many factors to do to make it a great weekend of hurling, but the weather definitely helped as well. I said the Adam lads going around with blisters on their, their feet this morning, considering the, the how, how how hard the ground is at the moment. Um, look, we'd start with the group of death. We leave the quarterfinals for another day, but you know the Bears and Stars was an incredible game. I managed to watch it back in the stream when I got home last night, and like what a huge win it is for Stephen Bears. They backed up their win against Black Rock, that's the most important thing about it. And it probably makes their, their win against Black Rock look even a bit better, um, I think, because it shows consistency of performance. You know, they played reasonably well against Charleville, but they backed up with two more good wins, and they beat the top two seeds in the group. So they've really earned their place in the final seven, and they're going to be absolutely delighted. They did a great start with two early goals, and it's huge, like those goals can have a huge effect on teams. You know, if you get them, you're buzzing. If you if, if they go against you, you're just chasing the game from the very start. And it's a big game to chase from there. And I, I think it was 2-1 as well. So start of seven points down from the start. And you're struggling, you know. And if you think about it, at one stage they brought it back to two, three to eight points. and only a point in it. And then Brian Hayes got a great goal. I think it was a, a buggy game in the pass for it. And that was, you know, so Sarge probably had to working hard, getting themselves back into the game. And then all of a sudden... Another goal, it just sucks the energy out of him. Straight after it, then Colin McCarthy goes through, hits the post, hits Keane Darcy's foot, and ends up going straight into Keane Walsh's hand. And that's one of those slowly ghost moments in the middle of a game where, you know, a goal for stars at that stage, we, we could be having a very 
different conversation this morning, but it didn't, and the bars are in a really good place. They also had a really good last 10 minutes, you know, one finished a great game, got 1-4. Um, really happy with them, he's a really classic player, they've been really good injuries, but in general, the bars are going to be very happy with their square scorers. They're dangerous everywhere. They also look very spotted at the back. Um, probably give away a lot of move scores on the midfield, but, you know, they could have been trying to do that to try to protect their, 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 their goals so they wouldn't give away goals. So that's a chance to take, but if you're scoring goals at your end, that can cancel a little bit of that threat as well. And they haven't been scoring goals all championship. Um, one thing that stood out about the Bears as well was the, the quality of the goals they got. They were just the highest quality goals, really good balls to hand, you know, uh, giving the forward the best possible chance. You know, chance when pass by that goal to hand on stop. You know, Connor Carlisle was one, the Jack Carlisle for the first goal was just a perfect pass. You book his pass to Brian Hayes for the third goal. Can't remember the first goal off the top of my head. Um, but then again, um, Brian Hayes had passed to Owen Finn for the fourth goal as well. They were just top class passes that gave the forward the best chance of finishing. So a huge, huge win for the Bears. Um, very disappointing for Stars, really, you know. Um, they really, the, the, the way they lost the game to Black Rock, just they never seemed to get that dirt and petrol out of their system. It was a game they had won. They made a few maybe late changes that they might regret. And the game got away from them, and as it turned out, their championship got away from them as well. Look, they're a club with huge talent, and with some, you know, they're going to be back, they're going to be one of the teams to beat again next year, but they're going to have a long winter to reassess and see what changes will be made across the winter there. They'll come back dangerous next year, but it's, it's going to be a lot of reflection over Riverstone over the next few weeks. But uh, for the moment, uh, the Bears are back, and probably doing them a huge favour. I think they would have probably liked to have gotten the top seed in a way, because with the, with the dual dilemma, that would give them an extra week's preparation, but they'd be hoping maybe their footballers to push on next weekend and, and to take top spot there. But they are looking at a, a situation where they're going to be playing hurling, hurling, or sorry, football and then hurling. So it's probably going to be a few interesting conversations between Paul O'Keefe and Joe Cunningham this week. Uh, but yeah, the bars are back, I think. Uh, your game in the group was Black Rock versus Charleville. And I knew this game would be very close after what I saw last year, as I said on Friday. And I really do feel sorry for Charleville. They're a very good team. Uh, who are due a good dose of luck. You know, even yesterday, whatever about losing the Black Rock by two points, the way Cantor turned around and beat uh, Doug was, was just turned their season upside down. They'd have thought they probably would have been, might have been safe from relegation, but no, you know, they're, they're, in, the, they're in that for the second year in a row, which I don't think is a fair reflection of their talents, you know, but uh, they're a good team and I hope they get a chance to build on it again. Um, as for the Rockies, I, I'm looking forward to getting my Black Rock post and have a good old chat with him week off, but it's a massive win for them. And probably what was one of the biggest elements for them with that game was Tully DC catching Foyer again. Like she mentioned Friday, how he, he hadn't been at the same level as he was at last year and the year before. Uh, but he started that out and definitely yesterday he got 1-3, turned the game in its head. And probably was the key to Black Rock winning the game. So if they, if Black Rock have Tully DC, they have Adam Conley, you know, they brought Connor and Michael Halloran and then throwing the two O'Keefe's, that's a very dangerous forward and if they're all playing well, throwing Kevin O'Keefe then, who was outstanding, I think, for Blackrock when they lost the middle of the intermediate Saturday, he comes off the bench and his three points as well yesterday. But I think Blackrock, you know, we're going to talk about this later, we're in a new championship now, and I think Blackrock will be very different and in the knockout stages, so a team to keep an eye on. You know, we might think that they've drawn the short straw uh, against McKinney, their first time playing since the 2017 county final, I think. Uh, yeah, well, they're going to be a very interesting thing to watch over the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, and then the other game, uh, so, so we'll move on to Group A and the champions are gone. 
counter um, like you're probably sick of me saying it that they are a very good team and by God did they pick a really good time to show how good they are what a huge win for them to guarantee themselves another year of Premier Senior hurling to develop the, a lot of young good players that they have they're going to be in Division 1 of the league next year you know they're going to be progressing and progressing and progressing again and you know they came from behind as well which makes their, their, their performance all the more um, all the more remarkable Yes, they were ahead early, but you know, maybe we got three goals in the second half from Ross Regan, Powell, and Santa Park, and we're you know, and we're up four points. And I'd imagine most Midland people there or most Cantor people there were probably thinking, Oh, here we go, this really usual thing happens when the the, the, the favourites go on and win the game. Oh, wasn't happening for Cantor, you know. You know, they put in a Sullivan, I think Ryan Washington played very well yesterday. Colin Washington watched got a couple of goals and they turned around. What, what a win for them. And they're going to be a team to watch in 2023. And Colin Walsh, I think we might have seen him with the Carpenter 20s last year. And we might have saw him with the Carpenter 20s this year, I should say. And we saw him in the county final last year. He's raw, but you know, the, 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 he's a young man with a lot of talent. He's going to be a big player for the Turk over the next couple of years. As for Middleton, you know, it's very hard to defend the title. Especially... When your first game is your toughest game in paper, and there's no respect to me, Tom Chandler or Cantor, who proved all of this wrong, but you know, first seed playing second seed in the open game is a bit, might, might, might be deemed a bit harsh on teams. You know, it was something my Blackrock postman said to me um, before the championship started, and I think he might have a point there. But it, it is hard to defend your, your championship, and I think what, we've, what we're seeing now in the Cork championships with the reducing of the grades to 12 teams, okay, and we've had a couple of years of promotion and relegation. So the competition in each grade is getting harder and harder and harder. You know, that can only be good for hurling football in the GA in Cork, I think. You know, and the groups are only going to get more competitive over the next couple of years. So it's going to be the makings of a good championship in the long term. And Middleton suffered from that this year, you know. Um, there was, you know, the, when you've got the treasure relegation, there's no such thing as a soft goal to win game anymore. You have to be on it in every game. Be fair to Midland, they nearly turned around, which would have been a credit to them. Look, they have too much talent. Look, they were brilliant company champions last year. They won a great championship. And they're going to be back next year. They're going to be one of the teams to be again next year. And themselves and Sarge are going to be getting third and fourth seeds as well. Which means that they could have a group of death. Now, next year, that makes this year's group of death look a bit like Wanderley Wagon. It's going to be incredible. Um, so that's that. So Middleton uh, and Cantor are just in safety for next year. Uh, which brings us to Newtown Chandler versus Douglas. And like absolutely fantastic for Newtown to win a game like that against the head. And they're just a team who are getting the very, very most of themselves. And it's a credit to them. And it's, you know, they've always been a very famous hurling club. You know, we all know about the great team that won in four counties, the three months of the All Ireland, but they've always had a good record of winning intermediate junior counties going back years. But it's only when you go up there and see the place, you know, play a game up there that you see what you're drawing from. It's such a small place. And for them to be a consistent senior team reaching the knockout stages after like their great team is after passing is a huge testament to them as a club. And again, get, just getting the very best out of themselves. See, Cotton knocked them rolling back years, getting three points yesterday. You know, Jamie Collin is just top class player. Uh, Timmy Manning, very good. Jerry Lane, I mentioned before, is a player. I liked a couple of times I saw in this series. Very good, you know, you know, a very unselfish player who's got that skill of knowing what you're good at, you know, and giving the ball to a guy in a better position. And then probably the big performance from them yesterday was Connor Toomey keeping Shane Kingston's scores off play. 
uh, Shane Kingston scored one six off Payne's own Julian's. And when you shut him down, Douglas Trek diminished somewhat. Um, I read Bob Lester's report here at Stanner last night, and he said that Newtown played like their lives depend on it. And Newtown have brought that level of consistency to every game they played this year. That's the way they played against Cantor, and that's the way they played against Middleton. And, you know, Shane Lockton said after the game as well yesterday that, um, you know, that they thought they were closer to Middleton than the score and suggested. That was a fair point, that was a very competitive game. But if you keep bringing that level of consistency all the time, you know, you're going to be close to winning games in terms of their attitude, their work rate, and their hurling as well, obviously. They played it hard all the way, and they topped the group, and I have to say they thoroughly, thoroughly deserved it, because they played a lot of good stuff against Cat and Newton as well. So fair play to Newtown. And they, they pushed the Glen close last year in the quarterfinals, so that's going to be a very, very interesting game. As for Douglas, I said on Friday that Douglas might be better off um, maybe winning a quarterfinal than going straight to the semi-final because they think what they need is a win in a big knockout game to kind of develop them as a team. But the nature of the defeat yesterday uh, is a tough one to measure. Um, they still might turn around and end up okay and they look, they are where they want to be, but you know, you, to lose a game like that um, is a bit tough on them. Um, it, it's hard, it's, it is hard as well, like, you know, a must-win game for Newtown Champion where, you know, Douglas and they were through and that makes a difference in mentality no matter who you are. Look, they're going to be playing the Barons in the quarterfinals. That's, that's a no warning to one game I'm really looking forward to. And I'd be interested to see how it turns out. But the Douglas are where they need to be. Um, finally, then we go to Group B, and there's a bit less drama here than, than in the other groups. Uh, I was at the Pierce State versus the Glen, and there was a huge crowd at the game. Uh, and to be fair, they didn't get much to show about. The Glen were ultra professional. You know, Simon Kennedy was outstanding yesterday, got five points off play. Their half back then, one rapid only by one, they were very good until maybe the last 10 minutes, you know, a hot day and all that. But then again, the day will be well at the moment, so we won't take too much notice of that. Um, one of the area I thought was very good yesterday, obviously, very promising young talent. He got a couple of good points from play yesterday and could have had a few more. You know, he looked very dangerous, very at home at that level of hurling. And then, of course, you have Patrick Harvin, who, who's going nowhere. and they're going to be there, they're about to begin at the end of this championship. And what a level of consistency they have brought to their performance over the past 10 years. It's, it's a real golden age for them. It mightn't have the amount of company titles they'd want at the end of it, but that, of course, could change this year. But in terms of consistency and you know getting to the late, latter stages of a competition every year, it's a golden age for the Glen in terms of that, and fair play to them for keeping it going. And after the game, I had a chance to speak to their selector, dear Lodon. I thought that was a very professional performance from Glen today. It's a very difficult game to play your 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 neighbours, especially when there was so much at stake for them, and obviously a lot at stake for you as well. Yeah, well, like we went into the game knowing really that it was a knockout game for us, um, because when you lose your first game, really after that you you don't have a comfort zone anymore. So we, it's been a funny year, and it's the first real year of the split season, which has meant that clubs have taken different ways to approaching the the games. Like some clubs started very, very early and found that they, they ran out of steam or they just lost focus at some point during the year. Um, other clubs then, probably for different reasons, chose to start late. Then the weather turned very, very difficult and it's not it's very, it's very not easy to get fit at that, you know, if you're not fit at one point. We were lucky and um, we found throughout the league we were inconsistent, but we did a reasonable hard amount of training and we were able to taper our training a small bit over the last while when the ground was very hard. Like we were 
unfortunate really in the last six weeks that we didn't pick up we picked up one serious injury in the game against Bishopstone but other than that we didn't pick up any serious injuries so we you know so from that point of view coming into today it's grand to see that the thing is settling and that um, we played reasonably well you know um, we did fall asleep in the second half there and we gave away a few needless scores which might have even cost us in terms of the way the, the draw would go from there on but you can't control that and, if, and in fairness your opponents as they were today in the Pierce, they're entitled to play too and then to give them credit even though we we seem to dominate a lot of the first half they never gave up and they did stick around and they got their goals you know unfortunately for them it's not going to do them any good but it might be a wake-up call for us and help us to do a bit more the next day absolutely and i thought you did a very kind of good like your half back line i thought was outstanding today and it, it's a real brilliant base for you with the two tonies and brian Moylan. it was but we, we still their, their three goals came from our half back line <laughs> yeah. as well so there's a bit of work to be done there like but um yeah it was a very solid base and we launched an awful lot of attacks and they were very astute in the way they used the ball as well, you know, which they 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 in the Pierce struggled in the first half with the wind to keep the ball in play because the ground was so hard and uh, our lads seemed to be able to control where they wanted it a bit better. They they got their angles of crossing the ball the field and that much better, which gave our forwards a good chance. So yeah, we were very happy with the, the, the half back line and it is a very experienced half back line. And a very good point. a very good spread of scores as well in Patrick Horgan, obviously being Patrick Horgan yeah. got twelve points with Simon Kenefick and Owen O'Leary we did, got we, eight points between them as well today. Five of the starting forwards scored, you know, and Reese scored when he came on and that's and that's always a good thing. And we had a midfielder Adam Dunham gonna score as well. Like, so um it's good that we could get a good spread of scores scores obviously if we're going to get freeze and you are going to get freeze and huggy is pretty sharp be there or thereabouts as your top scorer um so like like we'd, we'd have to be happy with 26 scores like in a game it's, it's almost a score every two minutes so you can't complain too much about that i remember speaking to barry hackett after the bishopstone game and he mentioned you know after losing your, your first game there and zone that you're kind of used to starting slow and building yourselves up to the championship and and it can you kind of yeah. you know made made reference to that already like but yeah. you're definitely coming into things well now I suppose yeah well it, but it helps when you're somewhat used to it that you don't panic as much you know that fellas are able to say look we've been here before we know now that we don't have anywhere to go like we we've got to kick on and uh, it helped to focus things uh, fellas have been there before like and didn't panic and they didn't panic either in fact I would say that um, there was a certain noticeable uh, step up in the commitment to the training and the, and the effort like that they did put in and you know fellas doing that extra five yard sprint or they're doing that little bit more so they pushed themselves on and uh, so it like from that point of view we're used to it and it helps uh, like but again we've we've been used to, we've been used to going as far as the final for the last few years we need to go that little bit further this time like absolutely so. and, and next step then is going to be Newtown Chandram uh, which they've had a great year you know probably oh, a surprise yeah. package they definitely wouldn't have been fancied at the start of it, but you know, it took us all our time last year to beat Newton Chandram in the quarter final as well. In fact, it took an exceptional exhibition from Patrick Horgan the same day. So we have a lot to do, like to, in, in taking a team like Newton. No, we took a deliberate decision, really, not to worry about what was going to happen after today because, like, it was completely outside our control. Really, the only thing we could control is win this game. Um, what we'll have to do now is just uh, learn what we can learn from today and then focus on, on trying to do the same thing the next day. As for the Pearshake, it's a very different uh, state of affairs for them. Uh, they're in big trouble. Um, there's no doubt about that. And there's no doubt their team with plenty of talent, but with the injuries and the lack of momentum and whatever's going wrong down there, they're not getting the very best out of themselves. And I think you have to look back at half time the Bishop game, they were seven points up. 
And I think everyone involved would have found hard to believe that they, at that stage that they would be in the position that they are in now. Um, what they did do in the second half, though, here is they played with a lot of freedom uh, and got some good goals. You know, Shane Ford was very hard run over the ball. He you know, got a couple of good goals and, and Patrick Hess got a good goal. And they could have had a fourth one, but they never looked like winning the game or anything. And they'll probably regret not playing with that freedom in the first half. Um, and, and in that first half, you know, they had a lot of wides, and they, they were wide weren't even shots, you know, it was just the, you know, the, the, the condition, the ball just bounced away, and, you know, it sucked a lot of energy from them. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very disappointing season when the Pierce are going to be huge game against Charlotte, with games that can take on the line of their own, so the, you couldn't help but wondering, you know, Daryl Connery was in front of me, um, you know, with water, and, you know, you're wondering what type of difference a guy of that calibre would make for their team, um, but that's ifs and buts, and all supposes is. Uh, finally, we'll come to the top seed, Arizona, who drew with Bishop Sound, and Arizona, what a club, you know, um, what I'd always say about Arizona, they always just see the players in front of them, and adjust their standard accordingly, they can play anybody and make a competitive, and it's one of their great gifts. Um, we speak a lot about their, their older generation of players, and I hear that Kieran Murphy meant to be brilliant again yesterday, but, you know, they have lots of good younger players too, you know, Robbie Flynn, obviously, one of the best players in the county, um, I don't think anybody's going to fancy marking him over the next few weeks, particularly down the park, particularly if it's a if it's a good hot dry day, and um, nobody is going to fancy running after him for sixty minutes. And he got another five points off play. They all really came off the bench and got three points off play again yesterday. He's a very talented young minor from last year and uh, who seems to be improving on time. And they're a good club. And uh, you know, semi final is going to no harm for them. They're going well. Their junior team are going well in East Park as well. And uh, yeah, they're they're having a good time and they're enjoying themselves down there. So they're going to be semi-finals and we may see joins them. As for Bishop Stone, I think Bishop Stone will be reasonably happy with their season. You know, they have probably been, this year they were looking up towards the knockout stages, whereas perhaps the last couple years they've been looking down the other way. So that's big props for them. They ended up with three points and they probably will have a few regrets about the way they let the Glen game get away from them because they could have been a bit in position if they could have qualified for the last seven. But in general, I think they have something to build on going into next year. And that's great. You know, they picked up a couple of guys from Tip this year who've improved them. Uh, they'll probably get another year in the pack phone. And, um, you know, he was outstanding yesterday, you know, uh, 11 points, four off play. And what a servant he'd been for Bishopstown. So I think all in all, Bishopstown would be very reasonably happy, obviously, for in the macro stages. But, you know, they're definitely building. And, you know, again, they had that couple of brilliant under 21 teams. You know, Shane O'Neill, Pat Cohn, and Ronan Conway, and the Murrays, and all those guys. You know, they're all aging and, um, you know, retiring now, and it's, it's about rejuvenating themselves now. And uh, they're beginning to do that, which is, which is good for them. So that leaves us um, with Arizona through to the semi-finals, uh, with the Glen versus Newtown Chandran, the Bars versus Douglas, and Black Rock versus the ominous looming shadow of Inokili in the final seven. And said last night all those games are going to be played the weekend after next. So that's another weekend that we'll be looking forward to. Which brings us to the Senior A, senior a Championship, and um, we have to start flying here. Like, what a story to go from bottom of the group and looking at the relegation playoffs to making the quarterfinals this summer. And um, I think in my examiner preview on Saturday, I said that they were unlucky in their opening two games. They definitely turned that around on Saturday, and uh, they played Paddy as well the back centre back, um, you know, which you know brought back memories of him when you had to get Middleton back there. The middle of the CBS and then in 2006 the Cork Miners when you know Adrian Mannix next to him in the half back lane and they lost to Joe Cannon's Galway they probably again they should have won and you know often wonder about Paddy as well if he's around in 2013 would be would Cork uh, would Cork's family be as long 
as it has turned out to be. But uh, so for all the injury troubles he's gone through, you'd be delighted to see just enjoyment running there. And obviously, it's probably a good move for clients as because up front he's marked, he's, you know, people are saying if they're playing crime, mind him and we start crying. But he's got an awful lot more freedom to dictate the game from a centre back of trouble level. So I think that's a game that that's a, a move that could could really suit Paul over the next couple of years too. Um, and for like to be fair, Tron, I think they probably did this game saying, look, if we win, we will avoid, you know, you know, we are in control of our own safety. They probably didn't expect to be making the bar fighting, but that they did. And to win by one twenty six to sixteen points is, is just a great result for them. But you know, Shea got fifteen points, Michael Carr got three. And they're a new team now, you know, the the team that got those three point finals in a row off the top of my head, probably is the only guy left from that era. I, I could be wrong, uh, so I won't be correction on that. And they have Brian Rose in the quarterfinal. And they have no fear fear than either, a good East Cork Derby. Um, and like you have to be sort of a new system then and you know they're paying the price for being a rural dual club but a huge crossover of players. They can actually be riddled by injuries and you know that's getting harder and harder for them. Um but they're, they're a great club, but they're gonna have to reassess what they're gonna do for next season. And they'll come back stronger for it, I'm sure, but you know they have to dust themselves down and go and take on uh Castle Haven next weekend. Um, but yeah, and again, in terms of momentum and everything, the way they lost for my the last round probably uh, haunted them spotted as well. But yeah, a tough season for Newstone. And it, if you think about it as well, in the league campaign, you know, you had 10 teams in Division 1 hurling, 10 in Division 1 football. That's 18 games Newstone had to play with a huge crossover of players, one out of six championship games. That's very hard. I don't know, it's very unsustainable for a small rural place like that. Um, were a phenomenal club, a club I have massive respect for and time for, but it's been a very tough few weeks for them. Uh, for my top of the group, and they've had a brilliant campaign, you know, by beating Mallow, six, you know, three wins from three, you know, they're, they're delighted with themselves. Um, Shane Hurr is going to play very well for them before he went off injured. They have a very good half back with Peter Murphy and Daryl Carroll, while Jay Carr and Daryl Daly also played very well uh, here on Saturday. It's a big win for them, you know, to finish with an unbeaten record. And you know, they have a big football game against Stockton Green coming next weekend. And again, just like you know, Newstone, they're, they're a club with a big crossover of players. But if they, you know, going straight through to the semi final is going to give them a, do them a favour because give them an extra week recovery, an extra week preparation. And that's all good for all concerned. So, yeah, well done for my they're going to take a bit of man beating the semi final. I mean, they're a very, very well balanced team and a very consistent team. At this level, as for Mano, you know, Mano, they're a good side. Uh, you know, Pat Hurley will be very good for them on Saturday. They've had a great year in football where they've established themselves as a Premier Senior team. And look, they're going to be very, you know, they're in limbo now this year, but they're going to be a very tough team to beat for anyone in the Senior grade again next year. So that's Group um, A, of the way. Uh, in Group C, then, I was at uh, Carry 2 and Bally Hay on um, Saturday evening, and what was a really, really, really enjoyable game. Uh, stars the show, you know, Sean Watch of standing in carry two. He got most of the scores in the second half, but even in the first half, in carry two, weren't going great. He was on a lot of ball, and once he took up a very good hand. Um, and uh, yeah, so he was excellent. The Pack Allen, we're talking about him the minute he was what he always did for Badier. But Badier probably won this game in the first half. Like, they hit 12 points and had only three wides. As a contrast, carry two had five points, seven wides, and they dropped three short. And that's probably the game for Carrick in that first half. Paddy Hay got ahead of him, they had five points in a row to go, five points up. And Carrick were chasing that deficit the entire game. Now they closed it down again, but they weren't able to turn around. 
and that's what cost them their places in, in the in the last six uh in the end really what made Ballyhay so good in that first half was their half-back line really and the way they crowded the carry through half forward line and forward in general and pick up all the breaks for Sullivan was very good for them in midfield and they really gave Carrie no space. So Carrie did have a few wide, but they were under you know, serious pressure as well. So Bally were very impressed at that stage. And they also had a, a really high spread of scorers. You know, sometimes you know they can be overlined in Pack Island, but not here. You know, you know, Jack Morris got a couple of good points. Um, you know, and they looked dangerous up front. They ran out of puff a bit in the second half though. Which you're going to in a game like that, you keep never you can't, you know, keep you know going the way you're going like that all through the game. And as the game went on, they leaned a bit more on Pat Callahan, but like, he delivered. You know, when you've got a guy who's that good, um, the team, when, there was a couple of locations from Carrie Toole, got close, and just won a puck up and won a free, and just broke Carrie Toole's momentum. And he got one point, which must be scored on the end, really. He did a 1 2 off a sideline and hit the ball over his left shoulder without even looking straight over the bar. It was an incredible score. So he's such a huge player for them. Um, you know, but look, it looked like Carrie would have been trouble, but then Padraig Golden, who did a really good game going back for Carrie Toole, turned into the game, you know, get three points going back in the last 10 minutes. They were level three times, but Carrie could never get in front. And you're probably, there was one time they were unlucky, Pat Allen got a free in, which I think should have been a free out for, for uh, charging. No, he did put a free wide, but what happened was it, it meant that Carrie Toole possibly should have a free point the other way, which might have made it a different game. But in, at the end of the day, Carrington had a chance to win the game. Ballyhay took theirs, and they they, they deserved the quality. They've had a they've had a very good campaign. You know, they drew with Carrington, were down from Premier Senior last year, drew with Boyle Rovers, and a good win against Van Market. They more than earned their place in the the last six. And you know, they're a club with a, a strong tradition, and um, I think they're going to be dangerous in the last six as well. And after the game, I had a chance to speak to their manager, John Tell. John, congratulations on qualifying for the quarterfinals. What a tremendous finish to the game. You must, you must be more even Carrie Toole kind of brought it back level that they might have the momentum to go on in a minute. Uh, sure, look, and they had momentum. We just hung on, we got the result. Um, I suppose it's a small bit like Pride Raw was the last to uh, hang on again. Um, but look, this, this competition is brilliant, this this, this championship. I mean, there's, there's no easy match in this. Like Carrie Toole are a great side. We've seen them playing a good bit now, and I, we knew this was going to be some battle tonight. Carrie had something to play for, like ourselves. And look, as luck would have it, the draw was enough for us, but it was a cracking match. Yeah, it was very good. I, I thought in the first half in particular, you were so accurate. You only two wides, every, you know, you and you, you took shots on when they were on, they all went over the bar, and you kind of hit the ground running. Yeah, look, our first half, it was probably the winning match for us, really. Like, we came out, um, played very well early on, um, had a good lead at halftime, but we knew at halftime the category were going to come with us, and, and glad that they came at us. But look, thankfully, we got there. Um, I suppose it's very hard not to speak about Pa Callahan. Like he's a, he's such a talent, but I thought even particularly in the second half today, anytime Carry Tool seemed to come close, he did. You know, he won a puck out, won a couple of frees. He's some talent. Look, look, Pa's our captain. Um, he's our leader. But all the boys rowing around him, the other lads they work hard. But look, when we need a pair today, he stood up. And look, he's carrying a bit of an injury as well. And look, what a, what a player! Like he's he's unbelievable. Look, but he has been for us for years. We know what Pa's capable of doing. Like and but look, when we need him today, he really pulled us out of it. But it's, you know, I saw sometimes people might say that you were him a bit too much. But all of your forwards scored from play today. So you had a good balance of scores as well. We had, and to be fair, most of the games have been doing that as well. Like um, we, we're getting the scores from others, but look, as you say, when we need the scores, to pair dug them out really. But not with hard work from the rest of the boys as well. They were working their socks off. Had to against an excellent Calixay. Like. You've had a couple of lean years. I think it's fair enough to say. Yeah. So it must be huge for the club to be looking forward to knock out hurling again uh, and looking upwards and onwards and towards the, the back end of the championship. Yeah, look, shut is massive for the club. I suppose. Look, um, we, look, it's, it's it's no secret. We are a small club. Like uh, we have a small parish. Like, but look. 
we keep at it. I mean, even today, I know we'd four young lads involved with the Cork Development Squads, which is huge for us. Like, um, look, last weekend with our Camogie team playing in the Intermediate Championship, had a great win. They're playing again tomorrow, and look, we, we all roll around each other. Like, um, and look, I suppose it is vital for us to get through the closing stages. Like the last couple of years, you say we were looking at the relegation battle. This year, now we've we've played three championship games, haven't lost any of them, um, and progressed to the closing stages, and that's where we want to be. Like, uh, no surprise then the other game that brought over to Barry Martin, but also no surprise the way Barry Martin dug in and gave themselves a chance. You know, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, that was the feature of the weekend was how teams like Barry Martin found the performance to give themselves a chance, and that's why we really asked for. Uh, but Brian got there in the end, and I think they learned a lot from a game like that. You know, they had a very comprehensive victory against Carrington in the open game, but they had to earn their slot, their cross sent, you know, drawing Baggy Hay, you know, a tough room here. And for a young team, um, they're good for them, and they're going to look forward to the backup stages, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. Um, and I think in general, playing a quarter-final would do them good. You know, like they might have been a lot of hype about them after the open game. That's dissipated somewhat, but they're in the last six. And I think a quarter-final would do them good. Uh, so yeah, Brian Bowles are in a good position going into the last six. Uh, in Group B then, you know, the game in that group the, was Blarney versus Corsis. And like, you know, Corsis are one of those teams that I well know just have, who have that ability just to compete. No matter who they're playing, it's competitive. No matter who they're playing, it's going to be close. And they're... And they've also obviously got some very good players. Feature was that Stephen Lyons going four points from goal and what a servant. He has been a tremendous player. Sean Toomey got two goals, obviously, a player we all know about, a good player. And Richard Sweetman is a guy I've enjoyed watching over the past couple of years. He got seven points, three off play. So they've put forward as well, along with their doggedness and their, their competitiveness. And nobody's going to want to play courses, you know, in the last six. They're a good team. Uh, as for Blarney, I suppose that red card really cost them in the first half. It takes few years to get to the pitch of a great unless you're passing Marco, who we'll see in a minute. And I know Corsi's is their first year up as well, but they're carrying the momentum of last winning the county last year into this year as well. But Blarney are building them, you know, good solid base players. And you know, I think they'll they'll improve. It's disappointing the way the year ended for them, but you know, they they have too many good players not to be there there thereabouts next year. Which brings us to the last game of the group, uh for Orleans versus Killa. Um Killa again, probably uh, one have to feel a bit sorry for it. They lost three close games and it's tough on them to be in the relegation battle. They lost by two points to Posty Road, which they lost by a point of Barney, and they lost by four points to Fargo O'Neill's. You know, that just shows the tight margins. But again, they gave themselves a chance. You know, they gave themselves a chance to, to you know, put their, their destiny in their own hands. But, you know, Fargo O'Neill's are, are just a really, really good team. Um, I think Owen Canary was, you know, Killa's top scorer again. He's a very good player. Um, as with Father Eels, you know, it's the perfect win for them. You know, they definitely Dahl and still going well. Uh, Jason Hanker got a goal and he's, he's a handful. And, you know, they're exactly where they need, want to be. They're in semi-finals. They know where they're at. They's, they're going about their business in an ultra-professional way. And they're keeping out the noise. And it's themselves and um, from all who are into the semi-finals and we're going to blow it over versus Klein. We're going to Ballyhay versus Crossy Rovers, which would be a very interesting game. And then in the relegation game with Banning Martin versus Killer. And that brings us to the Premier Intermediate Championship. Um, I was in uh, Cove yesterday to watch uh, Ballastic play Castle Martin, and it was a very good game. Um, Castle Martin were excellent in the first half. You know, Barry Lawton was really, really good for him. Mike Kelly, the player we spoke about, was good. Joe Sack caused a bit of problems up front two at times. But they were two very well balanced teams, I thought. Uh, and it was a very competitive game. Castle Martin went up in the first half, they played with the wind and went to Hill, and they were a bit more accurate. You know, Balanski had a lot of sports behind them, and they missed a lot of frees. Um, 
Kieran Joy, you know, I think actually Ben has done a good job of keeping him out of the game, you know, playing around him and uh, working short puckups very well in the first half with Shane McCarthy and Wendy Collins. Uh, but Castle Marker then figured that out and we had to get from a different way. Um, but it was a very good game. Um, Castle Marker got the winning game that, you know, again, we did one back to back counties. They're into the quarterfinals here. They're a team who are going to probably thrive if they get down to Park and Field as well with some of the young talent they have. And, you know, guys like Brian, uh, Brian Law was the quieter yesterday, but Brian and Barry Law are really good players um, at any level of Hurling Park. Um, for Ballast, they're probably going to rule the wides, especially from freeze. And we gave away a lot of freeze too. Like Casamara got 11 freeze points for freeze. We got one. And there's two lessons there in terms of the home park free taking is and home park discipline is as well. Um, it was actually a great end of the game. As a younger man, I would be giving out more, but there was a balance got a great goal and to slow with the high ball in it. Kent O'Leary broke and Jarl Collins, absolutely brilliant finish to it, but it was called back for a square goal. And in my younger days, I'd have had that as a turning point, but when you look back and be honest about it, you know, we had our other chances in the game. And then Castle Marker got down and got a goal. We were pushing up, trying to trying to make something happen, and the goal was left open and something went wrong, and they got a goal from it. But look, both teams are going to be happy to win the last four. Um, the really, really impressive game that come out in a second punch. He's a very, very good player for us. And you know, Ballas from playing Bandon in the quarterfinals and Castle Marker will be playing Castle Lions, two derbies, my half a derby anyway. Bandon will obviously be heavy favourites for that game. And then in the other game, a huge win for Ballon Collins against Hilbert, and they stopped the rat. We see that James Boyer back in America, he got four points from play. It's not a surprising one per se when you look at the two, two teams on paper, but it was a surprising result in the context of the championship. But a really big one for Ballon Collins. They have too many good players to be not stepping forward, I think. Um, they have a good winter. They will have a good winter to get get themselves in, in order for next year. And you know, like, you know, some things you need know, a couple of stray years. When they get a right, they're going to be very hard to beat. I think. Kilworth, you know, Norm McNamara had did a lot of good teams again, but they're two good teams at this level who are going to be. No one's going to want them, and they're going to come next year. So that's uh, Group C. Um, oh, like Group B then. Watergrass Hill are the unluckiest team in Cork You know, they're undefeated and gone. You know, didn't lose the game, three draws, and last level score matrix by one lousy point. I feel really, really sorry for them. Um, but that's the way it goes. They're the breaks. Uh, as we carry the line, you know, they're a good team at this level, as I've said before. Brian Keller got goal yesterday, Kevin Cavanagh got the leveler at uh, the point they leveled it. And look, they're going into the into the last six seven. So this day they have sorry, not Castellini apologies, Frank Castellini straight to the semi-final apologies and can't read my own writing. But uh yeah, Caroline. Uh, yeah, they, they, they've been very, very consistent, very competitive at this grade for a long time now. Uh, elsewhere, of course, Castellanians uh, beat Aero. Job done. Again, Aero were another example of a team who were perhaps struggling about got parked out and another team, June Club, were being ridden by injuries and are paying the price or paying the cost for it. Just the only games they have to play with the same players. But like Castellanians with 10 points to one up. And then Aero went under 14 men. So like for Aero to come back and that make competitive is a huge thing for them. Castellanians would be a bit worried about the fate of this goal. But then again, they were missing Colin Barry, Anthony Spillane and Norman Fenton. And I think the break would do them good to get all those players back in there. You know, they're kind of like Father O'Neill uh, and Senior A grade. They know where they're at. They know they can get to the final. And it's just about getting there. Uh, Aero, as I said already, are like new system. But they have something to build on. Like, you know, if they have a relegation game, let's come up. Um, but, you know, they're a good team. And, uh, you know, so, you know, they, um, but they, they've, claimed, they've claimed to build on for that relegation game. They'll turn their attention to football now for next week. 
And then finally in group B, values versus Mascara, like typically gutsy performance from the values, you know, obviously Willie Burke was back and goal, what a servant he's been for them over the years, a great goalkeeper. Um, Kevin Candy come on about a couple of points, but ultimately you lose a bit of an edge and cost him. You know, uh, that, that's what cost them in the end. Good draw for this, very good, a good campaign for Mascara. Was, um, this game was Stanton, a tough game. You know, they were more competitive, they won early games, they more easily. Different players took up for them further earlier, he got one four. You know, and they're 60 minutes from being in the county final. And anybody would, in the county would bite their hands off for that chance. And finally then, you know, Bandon versus Yon. Bandon won hand enough, 323, 13 points. Yon been struggling for a long time. Bandon are done from, you know, senior, senior age. They're, they're a pretty good team. Uh, they're going to be very dangerous in the knock-up stages. And that's that. Um, there was some very interesting games in the Intermediate A and Premier Junior Championships. Well, this week, just don't have the time to go through everything. But what we have now is, we have a new championship now. Stage one is over, the groups are done, now it's not going hurling. Everything goes back to naught. Nothing you did in the group stages really matters now going forward. It's all about what you do for the next 60 minutes. From here on to the end, the drama is only going to increase. Um, so I'd like to just particularly actually thank the, you know, any of the court game for the Irish Academy, the Echo, or C103 over the weekend because you know, it's such a huge resource to try and tie all of this together. So the marvelous coverage is only helpful for something like that. And what we have here in Park is championships with real jeopardy. And that only breeds competitiveness. And in the long run, that can only be good for all of So thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll see you on Friday for a football preview. And uh, yeah, we'll have a lot to do to match the weekend we just had here. But I'm sure it will do its best. So long.